Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, we want to welcome you to Genesis Church. Uh, my name is Paul Mumon. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, again, thanks for coming out today. We've got a great service planned. We're going to celebrate baptisms uh, towards the end of our service here this morning, which is always uh, a lot of fun here at Genesis Church. Uh, we'll take our offering a little bit later on in the service too, but uh, if this is your first time with us today, we're glad to have you here and uh, just a special welcome to you. And man, I don't know if you can believe it or not, but it is hard to believe that Christmas is three weeks away. And every time we get to this point in the year, it just kind of always floors me uh, that it's already Christmas time. It seems like uh, we just celebrated it. But uh, when it comes to Christmas, I mean, for some of you, maybe that's really good news, all right? You love this time and maybe this time of the year more than anything else. But uh, maybe for some of you, if you're honest, all right, it's not your favorite season. And I mean, it's true for us. I mean, isn't it true that Christmas can bring out the best in people? Right, and sometimes the uh, Christmas brings out the worst uh, in people. I, I've come to believe that there are two types of people uh, when it comes to Christmas each year. First of all, there are people like this. All right, the Grinch. Some of you are sitting maybe next to someone that would fall into this category today. I mean, when it comes to Christmas, if you're more of the Grinch type, if you know someone like this, well, when we think about things like Christmas decorations, your impression of those, that, that means digging them out, all right, of the attic, getting out all of the mess and all of the clutter and untangling the lights and going to all the work. Christmas for you is parties and programs that just are adding to your already stressed and, and chaotic and, and busy schedule. It's uh, traffic to be waited in, right? All right, when it comes to Christmas, it's family you don't really enjoy, all right? It's, uh, you know, eating all of the calories, eating until you're stuffed, putting on weight. It's too many people to buy presents for with extra money that you don't really feel like you have to spend. And one other thing for as well for Grinches, Christmas is a reminder that we still have 21 days of Elf on the Shelf uh, to deal with Endure. And so there are the Grinches, right? And then at the very same time, there are more of these types. The Buddy the Elf types, all right? Any Elf fans uh, here in the room today? All right, one of our, our favorite uh, Christmas movies in our household when it comes to the Buddy types. Christmas looks a lot like decorations, all right? But decorations for you mean you put them up in September, all right? You got them up uh, that early. Or if you're like Buddy, you love the parties uh, and the programs, all right? And when you, Your impression of those is the more the better. And shopping is fun, all right? Even on Thanksgiving night, even on Black Friday. And then there's the Christmas cookies and they're the time with families for buddies. Christmas is a frolic of feasts and festivities, friends and fruitcake and whatever else uh, you choose to call it. But for both the Grinches and the buddies, uh, Christmas consists of many of the same things. All right. It's just really our perspective. All right. It's how you choose uh, to look at these Christmas things. And so I want to acknowledge today and just say right up front this morning that no matter whether you see yourself as more of a Grinch type or a buddy type, uh, I think we can all agree on one thing, that Christmas can be a little crazy. Uh, this can be a hectic, uh, busy time of the year. And because it's so busy and because it's so hectic, uh, we have the potential to miss what really matters most. And so today, uh, we're starting a four-week series that we're just simply calling Christmas More or Less. And the question for us to answer is this, that what if we, uh, what if we made an intentional effort this year to be less focused on the extras so that we can be most focused, so we can be more focused on those things that really and truly matter the most? And what matters the most for us is Jesus. 
I mean, we want to be reminded today, as simple or as duh as it may seem to you, is that what really matters the most is Jesus for us. And so this year and with this series, we want to do everything that we can to focus our minds and our hearts on what Christmas truly means for us. Because here's a sobering reality. On that first Christmas, 2,000 years ago, there were a whole bunch of people that missed it. A whole bunch of people that missed the Son of God who came to earth uh, as a baby to be with us. And it's not like they didn't know. Thanks, Will. It's not like that they didn't know that he was coming anyways. I mean, just read through the Old Testament and you see a world that was desperately waiting on a Savior. Uh, You see verses in the Old Testament that were preparing people for the Savior who was to come, like the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And he wrote these words 700 years before Christ came to the earth. He was the one that said, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Uh, Skip over a couple of chapters to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It was Isaiah that said, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. There was another prophet. We sometimes call him a minor prophet. He prophesied around the same time in history as this prophet Isaiah, prophesying in a time of chaos uh, in the world. It was Micah, in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, that prophesied, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah... Out of you will come one for me, one who will be ruler over all of Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. You see, the whole world was waiting for a Savior. They were waiting on this promised one, yet they were so caught up in their own lives, so busy with the stuff that they dealt with from day after day after day that most of them missed the arrival of a Savior, the one who came to deal with the problem of things like sin and suffering, and to deal with them once and for all. And so, so many missed it, even 2,000 years ago. And here's the reminder for us today. If we're not careful, we take the chance of missing everything that Christmas means for us too. I mean, if we're not careful, I mean, Christmas can become, easily becomes this seasonal routine of things like consumption and consumerism where we, we spend more, all right, and we worship less. It, it can easily be one of those seasons where we just simply struggle more and give less. And so there's this constant back and forth of more and less and, and, and more and less. And so more stress, right? How many times is there more stress? How many times does it lead to more debt or less time or less patience or less joy? And if you're not careful, and before you know it, December 26th hits, and we realize that we completely miss Jesus. We miss the point. I mean, isn't it so easy? I mean, just think about how easy it is. But here's the thing. What if this year could be different? Like, what if, what if you made a conscious choice this morning that this year, the rest of this month and leading up to Christmas is going to be different? I mean, what if, what if we let Christmas remind us of the deep love that the Father has for us? Because, because it's the greatest story that this world has ever known And because of it, it should change the way, and especially followers of Christ, and for us as a church, it should change the way we see and experience Christmas. And so here's what I want to do. This year, I want to challenge all of us, really, to work together. Could we we work together as a church? Could you work together as a family toward a common goal? And that goal is just simply this. We're not going to miss Christmas. 
we're not going to miss the point. We're going to actually experience the wonder of it all, the God who came for us. And so let's be sure that things like stress and busyness don't define this season, but instead slow down and breathe deeply so that we don't rush by the birth of our Savior. And so here's what we're going to do. And in case you're trying to figure it out so far, this morning's going to look a little different than most of the mornings for us here at Genesis. Uh, instead of me talking for 30 plus minutes, uh, as I typically do, all straight, uh, in just a moment, Josh is going to come and, well, he's going to sing over us a song that really uh, tells the story of Christmas, but maybe very specifically, uh, really helps describe the anticipation. All right, even for these people 2,000 years ago as they were waiting on this promised one and waiting for a Savior. I mean, this song in many ways describes the condition of the world at the time, a, a weary and really helpless world. And maybe more than we know, uh, this song, even for us today, even 2,000 years after the birth of Jesus, well, maybe it describes more than we realize the agony and some of the frustration and some of the helplessness that we see even in our world right now. And so he's going to come and lead us in that. But before we do that, I want to take a moment and just pray with you uh, for just a moment. And I want to invite you uh, to do something. Uh, and so if you'd close your eyes right now, I want to invite you just to take up uh, this ancient posture of prayer, really. And uh, to do that, when with your eyes closed, I just want to invite you to take your hands and to lay them out on your lap. All right? And open up your hands and just palms up. Uh, so that they're facing uh, the ceiling. I, I want to just tell you that this posture of prayer really communicates two things. And even now, you can just kind of let your mind uh, go with this. It, first of all, it's a posture of release. Uh, and so today, we want to let go, all right? We want to release whatever maybe type of week you had, uh, whatever uh, the weekend maybe has looked like for you. Maybe it's been frustrating. Maybe it's been discouraging, uh, I want to invite you to just kind of release whatever day you've been having today. And with that, release any stress. Uh, release the anxiety. Release the frustration or the anger. And release these things so that your heart and your mind this morning are prepared to receive. And to receive what the Father has for you. And again, I'm not sure what brought you in here today, what expectations you have here this morning, but would you let this posture be a way of communicating, God, whatever you have for me today, whatever you have for me in mind this morning, I am ready to receive it from you. And let me just pray with you, Father, this is how we come today. Open hands, open hearts, open minds. We are releasing so that we are ready to receive, to receive what you have for us. Speak clearly into us today, Lord. We want to hear from you. We want to be changed and encouraged by you this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Bible with you today. Uh, take it and turn to Luke chapter 1. Uh, New Testament, uh, just a couple of books in. Luke chapter 1, if you're using one of the Bibles around the room, I think it's page 714 uh, there, beginning of Luke chapter 1. If you use something like the version app on your phone, uh, feel free to, to go there with us. Now, as we begin uh, to slow down and really prepare our hearts for Christmas, we want to spend some time uh, today looking at the Christmas story. And to begin, I want to just try and see this story through the eyes of a woman named Mary. Uh, we know the one who was chosen to be mother of Jesus. Now, uh, Mary, I don't know if you realize this or not, but was a teenage girl. Uh, some people believe as young as 12, maybe 13 or 14 years of age. We know that she was engaged or betrothed. Uh, we'll talk about this next week to a carpenter by the name of Joseph. Joseph. And uh, Mary grew up a peasant uh, in an insignificant town, really a nowhere place called Nazareth. And uh, yet, at the same time, she was the woman that God chose, uh, the young woman chosen to be the mother of this Messiah. Well, in Luke's account, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and announces that she would give birth to a son and that she is to name this boy Jesus, that he is the one who will be king, that he is the one who will be king, whose kingdom would never end. And when asked, all right, how all this would happen, the angel explained that the baby would be conceived through the Holy Spirit, which let's just say, would cause alarm for any sane person, all right, in this moment. It doesn't matter what day and age you're living in. It doesn't matter what culture uh, you're living in, what time in history. But for Mary, and in this particular culture, getting pregnant out of wedlock meant absolute shame, all right, and controversy. 
and add to that, it could mean death by execution. And so imagine the anxiety and the worry that this young girl must have felt in this particular moment. But I want you to see that in spite of her uncertainty, all right, her response is beautiful. And in this moment, she responds with a song of praise. And the writer Luke records it this way. The historian Luke writes these words down for us in Luke chapter 1, in verse, verse, verse 46. It says, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. I want you to see that for Mary, and even for her in this moment, in the unknown, even in the stress of this moment, Mary chose worship. She chose to worship Jesus. And I think it's a great reminder for us today that no matter what it is for you, no matter what circumstances are surrounding your life, even this morning and at this very moment, you and I, we can choose to worship too. I see worship is a choice for us. And it's so much more than the songs we sing on Sundays. I mean, we're all going to worship something. I mean, the, the, the truth is that no matter where you are right now in your walk with the Lord, no matter whether you call yourself a Christian or not, we all worship something. All right, we all put our emphasis, we all put our hope in different things. For some people, uh, it's the hope of romance, all right? It's the hope of a romantic relationship. For others, uh, we'll put our hope in uh, a dream. We'll put our hope in, in money and in those things that we acquire and what we can accomplish for ourselves. We put our hope in a particular lifestyle. This Christmas, more than anything else, I want to challenge you to choose to worship Jesus and the reminder for us today, the, 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 the truth in all of this that we want to see here, even in Mary, is that it doesn't matter what you're going through, all right? Even though it may be difficult, we can worship Jesus no matter the circumstances we face in life. I mean, the Psalms are filled with accounts of individuals choosing to worship Jesus in the midst of their uncertainty, in the midst of their hurt, and in the midst of their, their pain and their worry. I mean, they worship Jesus in the desert. They worship Jesus in the wilderness of their lives. And so your life this morning may not be going as planned. Uh, for some of you today, you might be living in crisis right now. You're living in fear. You're living in uncertainty. And no matter what it is for you, you, you like Mary, we like Mary, can choose worship too. And so will you let that be your choice today? Can you find ways this month? Can you find this ways this week? Can you find ways even today, to give praise to the God who sent his son for you. Mary did, and we can do the same as well. Let's listen as Josh sings this for us. Mary, did you know that your baby
Next in the story, uh, we want to take a look at the shepherds. And at this particular time in history, and again in this culture, shepherds were really despised as thieves. Uh, people who are really unfit uh, any, for any job, any occupation more respectable than this one. And so these guys, uh, as shepherds, moved from place to place, uh, never really having a stable home. I mean, their duty was to protect the animals, uh, to be with the animals. And so they faced danger every day, and they weren't very well compensated for their work, they lived out in the fields. Uh, they lived very much apart from normal society, and the angel is going to come to them. God chose these shepherds to make this great announcement of the Savior being born in the world. And just think about that for a moment. Like, I was just imagining even this past week, I mean, if Jesus were to be born today, who might God choose to make his announcement to first? I mean, who would the shepherds of our culture today of this society be. I just want you to see that God chose the shepherds and the angels met them in the fields that night and gave this announcement of Christ's birth in Bethlehem. Let's pick it up in Luke chapter 2 now, uh, starting in verse 9. Luke records, an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be assigned to you. 
you will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Luke records, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. What a, what a moment, right? All right what, what a night to remember for the rest of your lives. Now look at their response. Look at the response of these shepherds to this announcement. Verse 15, it says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Imagine Mary singing a song, reflecting on promises such as these. It says, The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. I want you to notice that the shepherds weren't told, at least from what we can tell from this writing, to go find Jesus, all right? We don't see that to be a clear uh, directive in this moment, but they did anyways, or at least they kind of got the impression that they were supposed to, and so they did just that. And in doing so, they left all they knew. They left these, these animals that they were watching. They left their everyday tasks. They, they put aside their routines and their responsibilities. They set everything aside to go to pursue Jesus. And here's the thing for us today. We're all busy, right? We acknowledge that all the time. We acknowledge that in all of our conversations that we're busy. And so I'm sure that for every person here today, in different ways and shapes and forms, you feel the pressure and the responsibility to keep up with work, to keep up with school, to keep up with sports and more sports, to keep up with shopping and commitments and parties. And no one, I'm not suggesting today that you act irresponsibly and drop all of these things that you are ultimately responsible for. But I want you to see that the shepherds made a conscious choice to go and to worship Jesus. They took a step away from their isolation, they took a step out of their busyness and they went and they pursued Jesus, they pursued the baby Jesus and they ended up encountering a savior who would change their lives forever. Again, we're so busy, we're so easily distracted and if we're not careful, that busyness has the potential to prevent us from worshiping and seeing and experiencing Jesus this Christmas. And so what I want to ask you to do today is to think about what Christmas, or at least how Christmas could be different for you this year. And here's what I want to do. I want to give you just a couple of minutes in this room and in the quiet and on your own to maybe think of what's a, a next step for me. What, what's something intentional I might do over these next few weeks to better focus my mind, to better focus my heart, to better prepare my family for Christmas. And so I'm going to give you that time right now. And when you came in today, you probably received a notes page. Maybe you find it helpful to write some things down. I want to ask you, would you be willing to write down, would you be willing to consider maybe what's an intentional next step for you over these next few weeks? For some of you, it might just mean the commitment of, hey, you know what? We're going to be here these next few weeks and leading up to Christmas. We see this as nothing but a good thing for us in preparing our hearts and mind for Christmas. Maybe, maybe for some of you, it's just a commitment that, you know what, I'm going to spend time alone 
in my Bible and with the Lord each morning. Maybe find something like an Advent uh, reading plan. You can find something like that even on a version app, or we can help you with that if you've got questions on what to read during Christmas. Uh, maybe for some of you as a way of slowing down, maybe you need to take a break from something. Maybe you need to put something on hold this month so that you can better uh, prepare your heart for Christmas. It could mean changing your spending habits. We're going to talk about that over the next couple of weeks. Uh, maybe considering some generosity uh, this Christmas. Maybe, maybe it's something that you do at the table each night as a family, again, to better prepare yourself for Christmas. I don't know what it is for you, but I want you to take a couple of minutes. Write something down. And in just a moment, and as a way of accountability, I'm going to have you turn to a person near you. It could be somebody that you came with today and just share with them what you wrote down or maybe what you're thinking about, all right? So take 90 seconds, and then we'll come back together and talk about what we're thinking about. Go ahead and do that now. All right, and so it doesn't feel awkward. We'll all do it together. Why don't you find somebody near you or beside you? I'm going to ask Josh, uh, what is it that you plan to do? What's maybe something that came to your mind? What's something you're already doing to prepare your heart for Jesus this Christmas? Take a moment and do that right now. I hope you had something to share or maybe by hearing the other person and what they had to share, maybe you've got an idea or maybe you figured out where you're going for lunch uh, in just a little bit too. That's all right as well. You can figure it out later. But uh, 
Well, the story continues. One more group that we're wanna, want, we want to see this morning uh, are the wise men or the, the magi. We know that sometime after Jesus was born, the magi showed up. We uh, get our word magician from this word magi, but don't be confused with guys pulling rabbits out of hats here. These magi or wise men were likely scholars or astrologers of their day. They came from places like Persia and Babylon. We know that after noticing the star in the sky the night Jesus was born, these men made a very long and difficult journey to Jerusalem looking for the one the scriptures said who had been born king of the Jews. Now the reigning king at this time was a man that history records his name as Herod the Great. And we're not sure if it took the wise men a year to get to Jerusalem. It may have taken as long as two years to get to Jerusalem. But when they arrived, when the wise men arrived in Jerusalem, they encountered Herod at his palace. And Matthew records what they asked of him in Matthew chapter 2, verse 2. Their question was, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and have we've come to worship him. Now, Herod wasn't pleased to hear that a rival king had been born under his watch. And so he conjured up a plan to use these wise men as a way of finding the baby Jesus. And unlike the wise men, though, he had no intentions of worshiping Jesus. He was making plans instead to kill Jesus. And Matthew writes in Matthew chapter 2, verse 9, it says, After they had heard the king, these wise men, they went on their way... And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, after finding Jesus... These wise men were left with a very difficult choice, all right? And Matthew kind of gives light to this. And really, when you think about it, it's a choice that we face every single day, all right? These men, these wise men were caught really between two kingdoms, two kings from which they must choose. On the one hand, they had the kingdom of Herod or the kingdom really of Rome to deal with, to ask themselves about. I mean, in, and for Rome and for Herod, it was a kingdom of power. It was a kingdom of affluence. It was a kingdom of progress and gaining for yourself. It was a kingdom of power and riches, a kingdom really of empty promises, a kingdom of this world. On the other hand, there was a new king, this new king in Jesus, and this king offers a new kingdom, one of promises fulfilled, one of grace, one of faith and hope, one of redemption, and things like forgiveness. And these wise men, well, they chose wisely, and they chose Jesus, and they chose to worship him with the very best they had. And Matthew records that they gave their gifts, and they honored him, and they worshiped him. And with their gifts, they declared that Jesus Christ is king and king forever. Here's the thing for us. Every day, every single day for every one of us, we stand really between two kingdoms, there's this kingdom of the world and all of its empty promises or the kingdom of Jesus before us, a kingdom full of power and purpose and promise. I want to ask you this morning, which will you choose? Will you choose to worship the things of this world and all of their temporary pleasures? Or will you choose instead to worship Jesus? Will you choose instead to worship the Son of God, the one who came, the one whose life and death changes everything 
for you and for each of us. My prayer for you today, my prayer for you these next weeks and leading up to Christmas and for all of us is that we will choose more of Jesus and let him change our lives. Let him change our church. Let him change the way we see and the way that we serve the people that he's put around us in this community and all for his glory and to celebrate his life for us. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, that is our hope, that is our prayer today, Lord. We want to we prepare our hearts and minds to truly worship Jesus this Christmas. And we want more of him, Lord. And uh, we realize that there are many other good things that are happening around us. There are good things that make Christmas such a fun time of the year. But we want to be more focused on what's most important. And that's Christ, our Savior and the difference he's making and can make in our lives and in our church and then in the people that you have called us to serve, Lord. And so prepare us, Father, even as we go today. Uh, let us see things. Let us see these next days and weeks like we've never seen them before as we focus all of our efforts and all of our worship on Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.